Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Veteran Musings. Can you just feel the vibe? Vibe. Yes. Vibe. We're, we're putting out a vibe. I think it comes through the the iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Whatever it is you're doing out there, join the vibe. Feel it? Feel it. Yeah, definitely. So I'm Tim, and with me is Eddie. Uh, hello. Hello, hello. He's immersed in the vibe. And then we have Keith. I don't believe in conspiracies. <laughs> he is moon landing. He stands athwart the vibe. And then we have Stone. Howdy. He definitely puts out the vibe and is synchronized. And then we have Chuckles. I'm off mic today. <laughs> He's our peanut gallery today. So, gentlemen, what's on your mind? I have a question for the group. Does anyone recall televised testimony of Hillary Clinton on the Benghazi thing? What difference does it make at this point? Well, there was none because there was a school shooting in Sandy Hook. Does anyone recall any of the televised testimony of the whole email scandal? No, because media was filled with a church shooting in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. Anyone remember any testimony on the first day of the trial of her campaign manager? No, because there was a supermarket shooting in Buffalo. Yeah, we have shootings every day. That's yeah. what I'm getting out of that. It's just... Are you suggesting the, just the, the Clintons? Just don't add up. The, the Clintons. Yeah. The Clintons have been staging shootings, guys. I knew it. I knew well, it. I, they th- do I have, was onto that, too. But. They do have quite a record of, uh, you know, starting with Vince Foster. That one. And the Madougals. Yeah. Vince Foster never sat well with me. I don't know if you were, if you were no. tracking when that one happened. No, Tim, I'm not part of the generation that bought into the whole Clinton thing. Yeah. I was yeah. too young. Yeah. That one was, you know, he's counsel to the Clintons and, you know, commits suicide in a DC park and it was like everything about it was wrong and so how'd they get away with it well because I always hear about all the people the Clintons killed mm-hmm. but they have to be the best criminal masterminds in the world because they continue to just they're like Lex Luthor level supervillains just well, all foiling goes, the coppers every time yeah well it's about owning the ah. coppers it all goes back to Mina. Have you ever watched the TV show Snowfall? It's on FX. I don't think so. Okay, for all those in our listening audience, if you haven't watched it, it's um, on the TV network FX, or if you have Hulu, all the seasons are on Hulu. And it details the CIA's operation where they introduced cocaine oh, yeah. into South Central Los Angeles. I read Rick Ross's book. Yeah. And how it ended up getting cracked up 
you know, they turned it into crack and that turned into Hispanic There's versus conspiracy right there blacks. Too, yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, but the market eventually got saturated and the CIA was no longer able to work their distribution mm. into Southern California and their secondary market, which became the hot spot of the 90s, was Arkansas due to familial connections of some of the gang members in Southern California. Their roots went back to Arkansas. So they opened up new markets in Arkansas and the airport that they needed to basically own in order to traffic the product in was an airport called Mina. And that is Eddie's backyard where he grew up. 42 miles from my hometown. And, of course, at that time, uh, Bill Clinton was the governor. So the CIA connection between the Clintons mm-hmm. was established with opening up Mina for those purposes. Barry Seal. Yeah, Barry Seal and the America, what was it called? Uh, America. The Charter Company. America, yeah. Uh, yeah it was Not Air America, but, but the son of Air America, basically. The Charter Company. Remember Tom Cruise uh, did the movie American Made? He played Barry Seal in that movie. <coughs> Not that. accurate, but the was it action flick? Kind of. Oh. It was it's supposed like to be the only Tom Cruise movies I watch. I know. <laughs> it's supposed to be a biopic of Barry Seal, who was a CIA contractor mm. moving narcotics into the U.S. And Mina was a central point yep. there. So. That is where the Clintons got their chops, was making literal drug deals with the CIA. And then they expanded, obviously, with the presidency. Hmm. But that was really quite by accident because of uh, Ross Perot. Ross Perot split the vote because H.W. Bush was very much... You know the CIA's man. He had been CIA director, director, yeah. And he was never a spook, though, right? He was just the, or did, was he actually a? Yeah, he was in it up to his neck. So he was involved in Bay of Pigs, and he was involved in the Kennedy assassination. He was very much a mid-level manager in the spook mm, business. Mm, mm. He got recruited for... I mean, he wasn't like a... Like an operator. Like he wasn't no, a spy. He was, he was a... He was staff. Like a... Yeah, he's he's what we'd call a knock. Mm-hmm. A non-official cover. Okay, so okay. he would operate, but if he ever got busted, the agency would never avow that he was a member. So he worked in the oil industry for his family. And that gave him placement in Central America, in Houston. Mm. So 
So what's the ties to the Bushes oil and uh, the CIA? Oh. And the Saudis. Big, big time. Big time. So the Bush senior was Yale and... Stole some bones. Yeah, for the first 20 years of the CIA's existence, they almost exclusively recruited out of Yale. And it was a family recruitment thing. I mean, they recruited other people that weren't family, but when Bush would designate, hey, this guy's a good guy, comes from a good family, can be trusted, CIA picked him up. You know, it was one of those type of deals. So <clears throat> from 47 till 67, it was very much a family ball game. So guys would move in and out of the oil industry, the banking industry, the media, and the CIA, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all that was connected. But um, yeah, for Bay of Pigs, Bush owned at least one of the boats that they used to move the Cuban expats around between mm. training and the invasion. So it's really interesting story. But anyway, I digress. Back to your question. I lost my train of thought. One time you were asking about... I was flashing back to being a kid and watching unmarked painted black cargo planes with no registration numbers flying over our pastures on their way to Mina. Yeah. Hmm. I imagine you saw a lot of that. And all the Nicaraguans running around all the little towns in central Arkansas during the time. Um, oh, let's pick a topic. Well, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yes, let's go. Well, just thinking about your school shooting topic, of course, the Uvalde school shooting is on everybody's mind. Uh, how much does that one not add up? Oh, yeah. I mean, this kid turns 18 and immediately drops 10 grand on weapons and ammo. I'm like, where did he get that kind of money? Maybe he'd been saving it. <laughs> well, the weapons he didn't buy. I mean, he bought them, but he bought them with the genius of defense. Pay, get now and pay later. So they weren't paid for. Do you hold up? You can buy AR-15s on like loan. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. I'm gonna so, rent this for a fun day. Yeah. So they <laughs> forwarded this guy ten grand in credit. Mm-hmm. An eighteen-year-old kid. Yep. I love I love the gun lobby. They're so great. They. Man. I just find that hard to believe. They did it. Me too. It's in Texas, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but mean, anytime I read some shit in the news about Texas, I don't find it hard to believe. Whether it's good or bad, I'm like, oh, it's Texas. They have jackalopes. <laughs> you won't let you won't let a kid 21 or or 18 drink mixed alcohol. But you can buy an AR-15 with no training, none at all, 
And then any fucking psychopath moment he has, he can take his vengeance out on whoever he wants to kill. No, I get it. But it seems strange to me that you would foot 10 grand of credit to an 18-year-old kid with no credit. He might have had some money to put down on it. I'm sure I just read that uh, yesterday. He's got to have some serious money. (laughs) He's got to pay a percentage. I mean... I lived in Texas. I've never... Everything bought, you know, like firearms. Yeah, if you bought it on installments, they kept it until you paid for. Kind of like a... Yeah, layaway. Because they were describing the video that Eddie shared. They were describing what he bought, and <laughs> yeah, somewhere between some estimates as low as eight thousand dollars, some as as high as twelve, spent in one day in that gun store. The two rifles, a Glock 19, five magazines for the Glock, a hundred. Stag magazines for the ARs, a thousand rounds of five five six, three hundred rounds of nine mil. No. Well, I can get the gun laws gun part, but the, I'm talking about the hard money aspect of it. You know, the gun law aspect to it—that's on them, but. Just the money aspect seems weird to me. Like, why it is not in a gun shop's best interest to hand over 10 grand, 12 grand worth of hardware to an 18-year-old kid. That should be a red flag. That's a red flag. Right off the bat, I don't know why they, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, there are people who be like, oh, I don't see any issue with that. Well, it's like, come on. I mean... Like, that's the type of thing you do over the course of time that you spend that money to build it up. But to blow it in one shot is... When when the Fast and Furious scandal broke, how many Arizona gun store owners came out and testified that they saw red flags, red flags, red flags? They reported it to the ATF, and the ATF told them, let it go. That's true. Yeah, I don't... I don't know, but I guess ultimately for me, it's like, so say there's this underground cabal, right, who is funding these mass shootings. They're finding these guys, like they do with with suicide bombers, right? Mm -hmm. Right. They're finding these dudes, they're, I don't know if they're radicalizing them and they're already finding them radicalized, and then they're arming them and sending them out. How are you going to stop it? Say you find out that, say we find out that's true, right? How are we going to stop it? Like, what, what's the next really step? Can't. We solved it. We figured out all of our school shootings are caused by an evil cabal that's pushing school shootings to push political ends. What do you do about it? How do you stop it? Well, first of all, you try to infiltrate it. So you set up stings, and you try to get guys on the inside, either through paying guys that are already on the fringe to get inside or find guys that are inside and pay them to turn. Mm -hmm. And then you set up what looks to be vulnerable kids that are filmed 24-7 and bugged, you know, wired, so that when they're approached, you can nab lower-level guys and then get them to wear a wire. 
so you can further penetrate the networks. I mean, yeah, but I don't think we're talking about like your like, regular criminal organization, that, right? That like, would be just like any other type of uh, uh, lick, low intensity conflict with an insurgency. Yeah. You know, the only way to militarily, like, uh, flashing back to the Coin Academy, uh, the counterinsurgency academy that the Brits ran, the only way to militarily defeat an insurgency is genocide. You literally kill everyone. That's the only way to do it militarily. There's other ways to do it with, you know, the winning the hearts and minds. And you, if you can take away the motivation behind it, an insurgency, then the insurgency will fail. So thinking about what Stone said, uh, from the mindset of a counterinsurgency tactic, if you eliminate their motivation for whatever action there is, then that insurgency will fail. Um, you know, you, you, you gave a good example, like the way, same way Al-Qaeda in Iraq would recruit suicide bombers. You know, uh, yeah. you, would, you identify someone, or it's just as simple as, uh, I think in Afghanistan, there was plenty of evidence where uh, they were specifically targeting mentally retarded juveniles and yeah you know yeah. drugging them up and everything else because there were plenty of instances of suicide bombers vbid bombers that had squibs had failed explosive devices and they literally just woke up out of an opium induced haze and they're strapped inside a vehicle uh, you know it yeah it's but how do you infiltrate? How do you infiltrate a group that can operate with such surgical precision that they're able to carry out, guarantee to carry out mass shootings on media-specific days of political events that we've deemed important? I'm using quotations for our people who can't yeah. see it. So like, <laughs> so like, oh no, Hillary's going to testify on Benghazi with surgical precision. We can create the uh, uh, the one in Connecticut. Like, I, how do you? Because you can't just, like, the way you described it, like, that's how you destroy any criminal organization, right? It's, even in Iraq, that's how, how do you get in jam? How do you get in special groups? How do you get all this shit? You get a mole, you get inside, you get them in good. Maybe you have them work up the ranks. Maybe you have them try to turn other people. Same thing, but, like, this wouldn't be that. This would be somebody who can guarantee success on almost all of their operations, how do you how do you even infiltrate that right because they don't have any there's no trace outside of like the people that we they we point to as the the big evils in our society right soros and the Koch brothers like anytime something bad political happens it's either george soros is funding it or the Koch brothers are funding it right mm -hmm. but neither of those two would have their hands in any of that because they would like we're these people that we're talking about that don't exist right so these would be the the same group that Q, you know, these Q mm -hmm. people are going after, mm -hmm. this giant cabal of industrialized sex trafficking that's happened across the world. Like, how do you stop something that you can't find, that there's no doctrine, they don't have any set ideology that, that we can see, right? Because mm -hmm. it happens on both sides. You have dudes who are doing it under the, the white nationalist banner, mm -hmm. and then you are having guys who seem to be lone wolves who don't have any type of manifesto or ideology that, that hooks into it. So how can, you, how can you pin down what you would need 
to get into this group in the first place? How do you become a controller? Because to me, it looks like the only people that they have are the, and that's this would be the best criminal organization of all time. You have the people who set it into action, and then you have the people that do it. That's it. There's right. there's nobody else to. There's no middleman. There's yeah, and wild. they may be the best criminal organization of all time, but still they will make a mistake. There is no Fair. such thing Fair. as the perfect crime. If they continue to operate... Tell that to OJ. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he still got the civil punishment of his crime. You know, he had to pay dearly for Have for you seen that. his Twitter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He operates like a man who didn't murder his wife and her boyfriend. Right. Yeah, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Right. My bad. Sorry. Uh, but they're going. They've either made a mistake already, or they're going to make a mistake in the future. Hmm. And if you keep eyes on it, eventually, someone's going to make a mistake. And if you're smart enough to be watching when they do, it you know it'll emerge. And that's the the trick to these things. Whether it's the Sicilian mafia or whether it's the FLN, or whether it's the IRA, you know, they've all been really, really tough to get to, uh, but they've all been got to. And it's because everyone makes mistakes. Everyone's touchable. And you just have to be in the game. And my concern right now is that these are all being treated at the local levels you know they're being treated as one-offs in connecticut in buffalo in texas and no one's looking at it from a national task force perspective where all the evidence is being brought together and they're looking for similarities as one giant crime scene because that's the way you're going to have to look at it in order yeah. to catch the mistakes i think we talked last time the only through line that they found in any of the studies like the only through line that happens and i think they said like 80 six percent of the the mass shootings of males between ages 18 to 34 who've committed them has been hatred of women yeah that's the biggest through line is they were preceded by the murdering of a woman in their life who they either loved uh and and didn't receive it back or someone that loved and they also reciprocated so they murdered their grandmother um they murdered their mother they murdered their spouse their significant mm -hmm. other their girlfriend so that's going all the way back to Charles Whitman. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't, I mean, I, I think that opens up a whole nother can of worms about why do young men uh, hate women yeah. so much? Well, you know, I look at some of these guys now, they, they have a lot of similarities with serial killers, Ted Bundy, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's what makes it so hard because the, the FBI says, there are at least 100 serial killers present every day. Either some are active, haven't been caught, uh, bodies haven't been found, or they're in a sleep mode. And to me, this kid that would do such a heinous act, he is a Ted Bundy, mm -hmm. except his choice of killing was basically like committing suicide. Like they, we've talked about that last time. So the worst your suicide is if you blow your head off with a shotgun, it's a bigger statement. It means there's more demons inside you versus taking some pills. Right. And you figure that this kid, whatever set him off, and he was probably set off for a while planning this, he had a Ted Bundy moment. 
mm-hmm. you know. And it was very strange that Ted Bundy could sit there and he'd see normal as fuck. But there was another side of Ted Bundy that was like, you don't want to be locked in a room with him. And I, I think, you know, the conspiracy theorists and all this other shit, I, I'm going to say something that's going to sound kind of shitty, but how many Americans are killed by M67 fragmentation grenades? Not a fucking one. You know why? Because we can't get them. And when they do lose some, they go ballistic trying to find them. So I, I look at if we can control M67 grenades, and there's a ton of them in the military with violent men, why can't we control these weapons of war? And that's what the AR is. It's, it's not a deer rifle. It's not a duck gun. You know, it's, it's a weapon of war. It was designed for war. Why, why can't we say, fuck it, you're not getting one of these until you're 21. And if you want to shoot one, you go to the range under supervision with ROs and your family, you shoot it and you give it back. Because even in the military, what's the first thing we do when we fucking, we're done shooting? We clear our weapons. We turn them into somewhere secure unless we're in a combat zone. And then we keep them by our side. This is just fucking insanity. You know? I mean, I'm all about Second Amendments, but fuck, can you imagine sitting in that classroom with that AR going off? Point blank range? Just the, just the echo of it, if you survived. Oh, yeah. Heads popping blood all over the fucking place. Bone mass. It's horrendous. And we're sitting here mm. trying to figure it out like, oh, man, you know, put more cops in the school. Put more walls up. Do Hey, fuck it, man. 18-year-olds shouldn't even be driving this car half the time. <laughs> yeah. Never I mind. Oh, I'm going to order a fucking one. AR and a thousand rounds of ammo. Oh, I'm having a bad day. I think I'm just going to zap some fuckers today. But where does that logic end? Well, it's kind of like drinking and driving. All of us know people that can drink and drive. I got friends that can drink just uh, drink all day and drive just as good as me. Right. But why is the law in place for the motherfuckers that can't, that kill families? And, you know, most of the time they end up smashing into a car and they kill a family and they're okay because they're drunk. Right. But what you're talking about is punishing the innocent for the crimes of the guilty. The well, innocent. There's. There's. 18, 19 innocent, uh, and 32 total wounded. Yeah, I but mean, what I'm saying is that there are millions of 18-year-olds yeah. who don't go to the school and shoot it up. Well, that's like the And so you're going to take away their guns. We're not taking away anybody's guns. No, no one's taking Under this it. logic. No, they're never going to own them. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they but the ones they that already do own them, you're going to take those. No one's taking anybody's guns. Okay, so... The ones who are 17 now, who would have owned a gun next year, you're not going to allow them to own a gun next year. No. Right. So, in essence, you are preventing them from having a gun, even though there are millions of them, and they would be like the other millions, who would responsibly own a gun. They are being punished, even though they're innocent, for the crimes of the guilty. And where does that logic end? Because right now you're saying 21, but what about 31? What about 40? Why even have a limit? You, you I wish people in this country would just be willing to say that they're willing to trade dead children for 100% gun rights. Like, we just need to, to say what it is, and it's that if we're going to have no stopgap no control over who can buy what firearm when unless you're a felon that we're okay with dead kids because that's what's going to continue to happen over and over 
But we're not talking about cars. We're talking about a kid who went into a classroom, barricaded himself in, and murdered 19 children. And he's responsible for that. But you're talking about punishing innocent people. Fuck the innocent people. They no, should, if they, if they the can't prove people. that they're proficient with that firearm, they like, shouldn't have it. You're talking like they shouldn't a tyrant. A tyrant says, fuck innocent people. You know who talks like a, a despot? Sick, a sick says, motherfucker says they're okay with kids dying. No, no one's saying they're okay with kids dying. Not punish the poor 18-year-olds who haven't displayed that they have the proficiency to carry Nobody's a fucking AR-15. Nobody's saying they're okay with kids dying. What you just That's said is you don't option, care about cars that There's kill the kids. The only other option is you, you either put stop gaps in place to keep people who shouldn't have these weapons from getting it or you don't and when you don't a kid goes in and drops 12 grand and the next day goes in and murders a bunch of children but that's the problem is that you have to punish the guilty you cannot punish the innocent but you and were in the military though right yeah. you were in the we're, military we're yeah. supposed to protect the you innocent. participated in group punishments no not when it was my call you were enlisted right you participated in group punishments you were punished how many times because of other people's fuck-ups? Oh, but the bit. military is not a democracy. It's not a republic. Not it's at not, all, but they have, some great, they have some great ideas about ways to keep idiots from being idiots. Yeah, but military does not have rights. You don't have individual rights yeah. as a soldier. I'm not talking about militarizing everything. I'm yeah. talking about taking Our some of the... Our society is very the, different than the military. But you have to get a driver's license to get a car, right? If we're going to talk about cars, right? You have to right. have a driver's license to get a car You do not have a constitutional right to drive a car. You do have a constitutional uh, right to So we're talking about firearms. the Bible then, right? The Constitution, what? the Bible. Well, no. This it's... infallible piece of paper that can't be changed otherwise no, it the can whole be changed. castle crumbles. It right? can be changed. Okay. You can amend the Constitution. Yeah. And if you want to get rid of, if you want to repeal the Second Amendment, nobody have said a nut. repeal the Second Amendment. No, we I'm just saying, it. we can you modify can, it. You can, yeah. you can change it, right? Up to repealing it. Absolutely. Why, why is it either repeal or put, like, I, I don't understand. What, I'm not suggesting that you repeal it. I'm saying that you have the ability to amend the Constitution. <sighs> As much or as little as you like, up to and including repealing the Second Amendment. Yes. And if that's what you want, by all means, go for it. I don't want that. Okay, I'm just saying yeah. that that is an option. But as it stands right now, our citizens have rights under the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And that was written on the heels of our founders taking out a despotic regime with guns. So they weren't doing it for hunting. They weren't doing it for, you know, the militia. They were doing yeah, it but I don't... in response to the war they just fought against the despotic regime. And so the attitude is if the government has them, the people should have them. Because the government should never have more strength than the people have. Because when the government is afraid of the people... There is liberty. When the people are afraid of the government, there is tyranny. That is the spirit of the founders. And but that's dude, why what, the, what branch of service were you in? Air Force. And you worked on F sixteens and A tens? I don't I don't know anybody that's an F sixteen or an A ten. So right there the government is already just two of those. It's way stronger than the people you know what I, like where's what do you mean like those guns don't stop us from they do. make us stronger than the government, though. They do, though, in the National Guard. And the National Guard falls underneath the governor 
of the state. And that is the, the rationale. You don't put F-16s and A-10s in the hands of, you know, the, the citizens because they can't afford it, yeah. obviously. But uh-huh. the governors can control that as well. So the National Guard would fight the Army? Well, potentially, yes. And this, is, this would all happen if we stop 18-year-olds from getting AR-15s? Nobody said that. Okay. We're talking about... But where does it end? Where does what end? Well, where does it end? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if we, right. if we put those things in place and 18-year-olds couldn't get AR-15s anymore and had to wait till they're 21, I mean, like, how much stronger would that make the government than the citizens for that three-year waiting period? Where does that end? I, we'd find a place, right? We'd, we would come to a logical conclusion, and, and I would hope that logical conclusion uh, would be at a place where we could stop children from being murdered in school. That's, you know, it'll end like Australia and Canada, where the guns just slowly get taken away. They're living under tyrants there, too, huh? Well, well in yeah, New, they are. New Zealand, they had the buyback, right? They had a buyback. Yeah. They got rid of a lot of the weapons. But they haven't had a mass killing since. They have not had a mass killing since. We've had, what, but 27? They, they, they had still have had instances. Well, define a mass killing. Well, okay. you had Christchurch. Yeah. Well, that they, was the They last still have had people ones. go ballistic with a machete well, or even know, but, a but, fucking but, framing but, but hammer. But that's different than walking into a classroom. We, I mean, we had the right to bear arms. I got no problems with bearing arms. I don't want to take weapons away, but who gives a fuck what an 18-year-old thinks? He, yep. they, they should be going into the military as far as I'm fucking concerned. Sad, sadly, at the end of the day, if someone has nefarious, murderous intentions, there you go. whether they have an AR-15 or a but, but, Glock you know, 19 or a hammer and they want to kill someone, they're going to fucking well, kill someone. If, if that kid would have walked into the classroom with a hammer, how many people do you think would have been killed? Well, let's look at it this way. Deaths from violent crimes in the United States, what do you think the leading instrument is in that? It's probably blunt trauma. Handguns or knives? It's not guns. What is it? Knives? Blunt blunt trauma. So a hammer. Hammers and baseball bats, hammer or pipe. But how many people do those kill in a single sitting normally? So like how many many times has a dude walked into a... More people than guns. But how many times has a dude walked into a Walmart... And in one sitting, bludgeon 28 people to death before someone Well, my point them. is, as many times as it does happen with a gun, it does not exceed the number of Yeah, but, but they're not deaths. using these. They're not using any other weapon but the one that they can produce the most casualties with in the quickest amount of time, right? Yeah, I right. agree. But the point is that even if you take away the guns, all of them, you will still have a the greatest number of deaths exist caused by the blunt force trauma. I I can I can hear that argument, but yeah, I don't I'm, know what that has to do with Yeah. For me You're not addressing the issue. The well, address you, the the issue is not so what's the, the instrument. What's the issue? It's mental health. But and but the access like, to it, mental health resources. So like we keep saying killers. that, but then any time a bill or a vote goes up to put money towards mental health shit, it always gets shot. It always gets shot down because well, we don't give a fuck about mental health either. No. Well, I do. I think we need to address it. I think, I think you're we going need to the address rare that, ones. and I think we need to address, you know, the the family situation in America. What about the culture around guns? 
Yeah, huge. Well, what about this whole masturbatory fucking obsession we have with them in this country where we, like, tell these young men that they're they're nothing unless they have a fucking AR and a kit with, a, a, real with a cool flag. Patriot. How about we address... Patriot, bro. Mm-hmm. How about we address the movies coming out of Hollywood, the John Wicks... And but they've been doing that forever. Like I think that's one, a part of the problem. How many mass shootings happened on the heels of the first Die Hard movie? Well, right? it's it's a cumulative effect. The movies are getting more violent. I, they are. I mean, the John Wick series is a perfect example. The body count just keeps going up and up and up. Yeah, but John Wick doesn't touch Saving Private Ryan. We keep yeah, going. You know, we keep nah, going. No, it does. It does. No, dude. <laughs> dude, you going need to look into that. In a circle. You know, we're we're D-Day always D Day compared to John Wick. Yeah, in the movie, yeah. Well, I mean, fifteen hundred people died on that beach in Omaha Beach. Yeah, but they didn't depict each one of them. No, no, no. But it was just mass slaughter. Yeah, but John Wick is a constant flow of tap 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 tap. Let's let's look at it like this. If if we had if you had a family of ten kids, right? And we had a couple of them we we knew were were fucked up, right? Would we be willing just to say, hey, here's your AR-15? Yeah. We shouldn't because it's like the Sandy Hook shooting. That mother, that kid was autistic. But the mother brought him to a range to shoot because she thought he was really getting into it. She thought, oh, he's focusing on something, whatever. And then she leaves the weapons unsecure. He gets an AR-15, shoots her in the head while she's sleeping, and marches off. And, and I mean... What I'm what I'm trying to logically say is, if I was drunk, Tim, would you let me drive home? No. Fuck no. So why would we allow these weapons of war, and that's what that is, you know, in the hands of an 18-year-old because we're worried about our Second Amendment rights and where it stops. I say we fight that fire while it stops because we need to, like, really do something. This is insanity. Because the we that you're talking about, it's not the we's place to do that. No, I'm talking about us. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. It's not my place to come over to your house and tell you what to do with your kids or to come over to your community. But if, if your kid endangers you, my kid. Yeah, I'll, that's, I'll, that's different. If you come over to my house and endanger my family, then yeah, I'll have something to say about it. But. I don't have the right to come over to your house and tell you to do what to do with your kids. And therefore, the government does not have the right to come over. Why do we have street signs? That's different. You don't have a constitutional right to blow through intersections. But but our, our forefathers did not see the weapons that we have now. They didn't see nukes. They didn't see cluster bombs. It's not a function of it needs the to nature be. of the... No. It, it, well, that's fine. Again, if you want to amend the Constitution, I support that process. I do. But I don't think anyone has the right to go into another person's home and tell them that person is an adult, legally an adult. But, you know, it, it's funny you said that because when I joined the Army, Tim, mm-hmm. I was not allowed to drink my first year. I could not go off base as a 17-year-old and drink. Right. I could not drink on base, supposedly. I did. But I accepted that because I was like, I'm not old enough. And as a kid growing up, I dreamed about shooting flamethrowers and, and machine guns. Yep. And I realized I'm never going to do that. I don't even understand it. I joined the military so I could get access to that and, and learn how to do it. Sure. But 
The Constitution says no American can be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Well, what about those kids? What about their right to life? They have, yes, absolutely. But that's what... It doesn't trump our right to guns. No way. No, it does not. Because you have a right to defend yourself. And no one can come and tell you that you have to disarm, and you can't. Yeah. And that I'm, includes. I'm not I, saying disarm. I'm saying yeah. assault weapons. I just, I just want to say that I think Define that that position. I think that that position. Uh, An AR. Is is fifteen fucking insane and, and sick, and that. It's just sick. It's well, sick. I respect that, but it's, I think you're. Sick. I think the the position, uh, the counter position, is tyrannical and despotic, and it is just. The beginning argument that ends up with disarming a population, because once you can't, once you make that argument, you can't stop making that argument. The people are too dangerous to themselves, and the government has to come in and protect you, the people, from yourselves. That argument continues; it never stops. So, what you're saying is, Tim, is that if we not allow 18-year-olds access to AR-15s, the optics that go with it, mm-hmm. body armor, all this other shit, that eventually it may not stop. So what you, what I'm grasping is we're willing to keep our rights and keep these children at risk from all these nutbags for, because we may lose our chance. No, I'm saying that's not the way to mi- mitigate that risk. So... Whether you want to put veterans at the doors to schools or parents at the doors to schools or you want to arm the teachers and put up signs like we've seen in other schools where they're like, the staff here is armed and they will defend these kids. The problem is that you're making schools into gun-free zones and you're inviting these these shooters to come to these schools. We defend the capital of the United States and the Congress people inside with guns. We defend banks with guns. We defend celebrities with guns, and yet we we publicize that our schools are gun-free zones. So you're advertising to these nut jobs, this is the place to come and shoot the place up. But Instead, the, the way to defend it is not to take away people's rights, but to put up there that this is a defended place and we will defend our children. You define how valuable something is by how willing you are to defend it with force and what we've communicated is our kids are worthless to us because we're not willing to defend them with force but there it's was not, cops at that school in texas it doesn't matter you put up gun-free cops zone are useless too so yeah cops are useless too you put up gun-free zone instead of the teachers are armed and will defend their kids with their life and with deadly force that communicates something completely different. How much like, are we going to start paying these teachers to do this? I don't care. That's up to the communities. But my point is we have communicated that we're not willing to defend our kids. And before we go taking away individual rights, I think we need to readdress the mistakes we've made in getting I don't, here. I don't think taking away an AR platform is taking away gun rights. I know it you doesn't don't. End I get there. that. But the logic you're using weapons at all. Yeah, the logic you use to get there is just an inch short of the logic of the rest of it. When Bill Clinton took away the butt stocks, remember, was Mm -hmm. it Clinton? We didn't lose all our guns. 
we lost access to certain types of weapons. Yeah, but that was a fight tooth and nail. They did do the assault weapons ban. And again, how do you define assault weapon? Because it's black? Because it looks scary? Now, we know the difference between a Ruger or a or, or, uh, 30-30 or 30-06 compared to high-capacity magazines. With The AR is meant to shoot as many people as quickly as possible. It's not about... It's not, you know, it's not a bolt action. It's not a lever action gun. You know? I know. but It's a weapon of war. We don't allow people to buy flamethrowers. <laughs> I mean, yes, let's, I let's understand be Actually, yeah, we do. Yeah, Elon. Yeah. Well, well, I'm, not, I'm talking about a real flamethrower. I'm not his, talking about his. His falls under the, it's like the legal category, so it's not a flamethrower. Yeah. yeah. You know, why aren't cops running around with 50 cows, like in Mexico, on their vehicles? Or M60s in their car. Because they wouldn't know how to use them correctly. No, a lot of them are fucking veterans. They know how to use them. I got two brothers that are cops. They're both in Ranger Bat. Yeah. They know damn well how to use them. I have two friends that were cops too, but... Not all cops are bad. Not all cops are undertrained. You know, that's a... Yeah. Both of them them know how to use a 50 cal. (laughs) But I think the clock on the wall says that's all. We'll pick this up some other time. It is a very good discussion. And once again... This Veteran Musings podcast is an example of how we can have very different opinions. And yet, at the end of it all, we're still good buddies. It's okay to have different opinions. And Fuck you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I hope you get ass cancer and die. <laughs> but at the end of it all, we're still good friends. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace. Out. Chuckles out!